Welcome to College Hockey Southwest Weekly, brought to you by Sprint, the best phones on the best network, a brighter future for all. College Bar and Grill, check out our new location, 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe, behind the mask, serving the Valley hockey community since 1994. OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. M-Drive, for energy, stamina, recovery. Ice Den Scottsdale, practice home of the Arizona Coyotes, also in Chandler. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. It is another edition, another episode, if you will, of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you live from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Paul Hornstein, joining me from beautiful palatial estate right out there on Long Island, New York. Paul, how are you this evening? <laughs> palatial, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, how are uh, things? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, uh, palatial. Yeah, you should see the palace <laughs> I live in. Uh, Golly. Jeez. Uh, uh, <laughs> let, let, uh, let's talk hockey, Paul. Let's let's forget about that big estate that you're on, and let, let's just yeah. talk a little hockey here, okay? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I, I got that trivia question ready. Uh, hopefully this week I'll get it right. Oh no! Wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. That's wait, 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 maybe we're not, maybe we won't go there. Who knows? Um, <laughs> well, well, let me tell you this: we just had a winner from last night's show just a few minutes ago before we jumped on board from Apple Valley, Minnesota. So our podcasts nice. are reaching around the United States into Canada. I think maybe South America, maybe over in Europe. I mean, we're all over the place. But another night to talk college hockey. We have a very special guest with us tonight from uh, all the way from Alabama. As we're going to go, I think he might be in North Carolina or somewhere. But Alabama is where. Uh, is where we're going to be talking to him from. Uh, Mike Napier is going to join us uh, from UAHHockey.com. We're going to talk a little bit about the Alabama Huntsville program and how it relates to Arizona State and all the things in NCAA hockey. So many things have happened to that program over the last uh, couple of weeks. So just a few minutes, we'll bring uh, Mike on and we'll, we'll talk about that. Before we get into it, though, Paul, um, seriously, how are things out on Long Island? Uh, I, I can't complain. Um, you know, with, with everything that's going on, uh, you know, as I, as I told you, uh, strangely enough, uh, uh, one test showed negative and I had an antibody test over the weekend and they said I was positive for antibodies. So I don't know. Uh, well, let me tell you what I know. As, as sick as you were in March, uh, I, I know you well enough to know that, when you were that sick, you were that sick, and it was goodness three weeks at least that you were uh, way under the weather. So I am thankful that you are feeling better. Yeah. Uh, if the antibodies say that that you had it and you uh, you climbed through it, if you will, fantastic. In Arizona, the word isn't that good right now. Uh, we, uh, I, know, I mean, I, it's crazy. I guess it's possible that both tests could be right. I mean, who knows? Maybe I had it before maybe i had it afterwards i don't know who knows 
But well, I have I um, have not had an antibody test, Paul. But remember, I told you how sick I was back in January, and it yeah. was uh, it was fever, which is rare for me. It was those types of things, and 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 I just don't know if I had it back then before we were even talking about this stuff. But it was they diagnosed me with walking pneumonia at the time, and I thought that was the end of me. But uh, it did, <laughs> yeah, it did not last. Too. It did not last as long as yours, my friend. So I'm glad no. you're feeling better. I'm glad the, uh, the test is is out and and hopefully we'll we'll have some peace of mind knowing that um like i said in arizona right now uh what we all feared was when the uh the state reopened uh the 15th of march and and memorial day hit we all feared this could happen and lo and behold it's happened i mean we're looking at the highest number of positive cases in the last week since they uh started this coronavirus watch if you will so yeah. I hope that doesn't affect our hockey. But, like, I've been telling everybody, Paul, I think Coach Powers and everybody at ASU and, and, and NCAA hockey is kind of waiting around for that magic day, and that's July 1st. And here's why I think that, Paul. I think that they're using the month of June to just see what happens when people start to gather. And, you know, nobody right. anticipated the protests and, and the rioting and stuff like that. But that, in fact, brought a bunch of people together. So if we can withstand this and get through it, I think everybody's going to feel a lot more comfortable. However, if we can't get through this and the numbers continue to rise, I mean, the news tonight in Arizona was time to get your uh, hospitals on emergency alert because it could be over the next 30 days. Um, not very good here. So, Well, do that okay. anyway, just in case. Anyway, um, so we did start to see some hockey-type uh, activities returning, whether it's uh, – it's not college at this point, but uh, some of the NHL teams have gone back to uh, small group workouts. So that was good. Uh, that made people pretty happy. Uh, uh, over at the ASU, they did put out a, a, a another social media video, which was very nice of them. Thank you very much. <laughs> we uh, love that stuff. We love it. Yeah. The, the, the only thing I, I have to, the only thing I would say about that video is, and John Lofter, you do a great job with the equipment, but why wouldn't Demetrius Kumanzis' favorite team be the team that drafted him? <laughs> the team that drafted him, you know, Calgary? Oh, jeez. Uh, I saw yeah. that and I busted out laughing. Yeah. I'm like, what? Well, no. And guess what? When we get a chance to visit with uh, Como, we will uh, we'll bring that up for sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? If, if for no other reason, it'll be good for us. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> like, I, like I told everybody uh, over the last couple of weeks, it, it's been crazy, right? LIU yeah. announces they're coming on board, and we were all shocked, including the coaches in NCAA hockey. And then we had teams number 61, right? And we were all thrilled for it. And then yep. things happened at, uh, at Huntsville, where that program was gone for about a week. So we were back to Team 60. Then they do yep. a remarkable job of uh, raising funds and coming up with uh, uh, a chance to get a reprieve for the year. So we're going like, yay, we're back to 61. And now we're going to bring on our guest, uh, Mike Napier. We're going to ask him exactly uh, what's going on in Huntsville and, and how can they keep that program stable forever. So without any further ado, let's bring on the uh, the man from UAHHockey.com, Mike Napier. Mike, you got uh, Scott and Paul with you tonight. Thanks a lot for joining us from, uh, where are you at, North Carolina? Or are you in uh, Alabama? Or where are you at? 
Uh, hi, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, no in. Problem. Uh, yeah, I'm in North Carolina. I've been living here in the Raleigh area for oh gosh, for about 20 years now. But I am from uh, Huntsville originally, uh, born and raised there, and I'm a UAH alum. I was the, um, and I uh, was on the uh, sports information staff back in the 90s, mostly covering the hockey team there. So then, so yeah, and, and I still keep pretty good. Uh, ties with the program. I kind of have to if I'm going to try to cover it from, <laughs> from North Carolina. Yeah, so. right? I totally yeah. understand. Well, <laughs> well, Mike, let me tell you, my co-host, as you heard, is uh, is from Long Island, New York, and, and uh, he does a heck of a job covering uh, ASU hockey with me. So uh, that that's something that I know you guys can do. But like I said, welcome in. And uh, let's start right here, Mike. Let, let, let us just revisit the last three weeks and tell us what it's been like for you covering Alabama Huntsville hockey. Uh, for the last three weeks, up and down and up and down and up and down and <laughs> up and down. Yeah, I, I heard about the cutting of the program back on, it was back on May 22nd. Um, oddly enough, it was at the same time I was like waiting for, uh, or I, I had an old cat, he was about to, to die and he was, and we were gonna have someone, because of the, the pandemic, we were gonna have a vet come over and, and uh, put him down. And so a little bit, a little bit sad about that. And then I then I you know tried to check Twitter and I see that the program has been cut or it's, it's going to be announced that afternoon. It had already been leaked uh, that morning. So I'm like, okay, this is not, this this day is awful for a Friday. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So when I heard about that, I immediately tried to text Coach uh, Mike Corbett. Um, Ask him if he could confirm. He eventually did, uh, and the next thing I know, everyone is in a in in kind of a tizzy because it was a Friday afternoon um, before the Memorial Day weekend, and uh, the way they announced it was not. It was just really out of the blue. It was it was not something many people expected, especially since earlier that week, the program had announced on its official Twitter, a six member freshman incoming class. So at the time he was like, oh, well, they're, <laughs> I mean, I, I was wondering myself if there was going to be something happening uh, based on what I knew for you know, a couple of months. But after that point, when they announced the incoming class, I thought, okay, this is, this is uh, the season's going to be fine. The program's going to be okay, but then they cut it. They announced the cutting on on uh, on a Friday afternoon. So about Monday, so I started talking around trying to figure out what's going on. And I got in contact with a uh, um, uh, Sheldon Malitsky, who's a former player, former defenseman. He was on our Division Two championship team in 1996, and he he uh, he, he he's a self-made businessman who who is one of the top boosters and benefactors for the program. And he got in touch with me on Monday, that Memorial Day, after he had taught, he and another booster talked with the uh, president, the new president. Well, he's been, he was, he's been president for a year now. He's still relatively new. And, right. uh, and the, the athletic director who, who was also uh relatively new. He was interim for a chunk of a year. And then he was recently in April, made the permanent athletic director and uh, discussed how can we save the program? What, what is going to be needed to do this? 
And the number that was basically given was $750,000 in a week. <laughs> and, when I asked, I, and I asked him by, by end, end of week, what did you mean, Sunday? And like, no, end of day, fr- end of business Friday. So, and this was Sunday night and when they announced right. the, the GoFundMe. So essentially they had four days, four full days to raise $500,000. They were gonna, and if they were gonna to get to $500,000, um, Sheldon and, 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 and Tasso Safakidis, the other major benefactor, were gonna kick in the remaining balance. And so they started the GoFundMe and also included a t-shirt sale, uh, 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 to t-shirt sales essentially, to, right. to help raise the money. And my gosh, they did it in four days. I, I, it wasn't the, no so much the money that was that was to me the daunting factor. It was the time given. And it's in four days in the current climate, the pandemic and the economy. And, but all these alumni came together and pushed this hard and it got national exposure, got got. Obviously, we have we have one NHLer right now, Cam Talbot, the starting goaltender for the Calgary Flames. He he came in and, and started pushing for this. And he he made it been a factor. It started uh, spreading to where two members of the Chicago Blackhawks, Patrick Kane and Dylan Strom, are 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 tweeting about it. <laughs> so. So it, it became it became a big deal, and the next thing you know, it's like on the front front page of GoFundMe. And when we reached about four hundred thousand dollars by, uh, I guess it was Thursday, it really came came a legitimate chance to for it to happen, and and it did. This this a network of of alumni uh, came together, and they they came together to save the program they loved, and, and so. No. Yeah. Okay, finish, Mike. Yeah, I'm not. That's it. <laughs> okay. Now, first of all, for those that don't know, just give a quick synopsis because I don't think people who realize how long this program has been around. It granted it's been at various varsity levels, but I don't think people understand just how long this program has been around. Give give the the people who don't know a quick synopsis of this program and how successful it's been in the past. Yeah, uh, it started as a club team back in 1979 um, by a, another benefactor, Joe Rich. Uh, he let, he was the coach of the team for the first three years. And at the time, back in 1979, <laughs> you, you, I mean, ho- hockey's made m- major inroads in the South. Oh, yeah. Far of a past, but back in in the seventies, not so much. I mean, uh, the I, must, I think the Flames were in Atlanta then, but they they were essentially going to be on their way to um, to wherever where they went. They went to Colorado, Calgary. and then now the oh Calgary, yeah, right. Oh, right, uh, the Calgary. <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, Kansas City or whatever. Kansas anyway. City, and then they went to yeah, Jer- yeah. Kansas City. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, in 19, so the club team started in 1979, and they, and they they started out pretty well, winning a lot of games. But it was um, in 1980 when the miracle on ice happened. All of a sudden, people wanted to know about this game of hockey that was being played in the in the arena downtown in downtown Huntsville, the Von Braun Civic Center, and, and they was like, "Hey, there's a there's a 
college hockey team going on now because it's from UAH and they're winning games and like handily and um, against uh, a lot of other club teams in the South, particularly Tennessee and Vanderbilt. They were winning conference championships and with the spurring of that miracle on ice team, the, 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 the program blew up to where they won three U.S. national club titles in 82, 83, and 84. Um, and that's so, hard. I don't care what yeah, level yeah. you're playing at. Mm-hmm. You win three straight national championships. That's hard. And mm-hmm. it's funny, Scott, how – and you know that you and I have talked about this before, how it always comes back to Lake Placid, doesn't it? Boy, yeah, it certainly does. And, and when you talk <laughs> about winning that tournament, uh, Mike – Coach Powers has has told me for the last five years that that is, in his words, the hardest tournament to win. And uh, just to kind of lay out what he tells the club teams down here, he said, if you ever have a vision of going NCAA, you need to do three things. You need to get your university behind you. You need to have some funding. And you also need to win at the level you're at, which is the ACHA D1 level. So when mm-hmm. I talk to schools like University of Arizona, UNLV, Grand Canyon down here, and, and other schools, Coach Powers will tell them straight up front, if you can't win that tournament, you're going to have a really tough time as an NCAA program, period. Yeah. And, uh, and and Huntsville proved it. You know, I mean, I, I went to school in at Minnesota Duluth in the 80s, uh, 80 to 84, and uh, it was big then, of course, obviously in Minnesota. But I remember Huntsville, and I remember them – you know, winning those championships and and doing great things. And we all wondered how that could be done in Huntsville. So my follow-up to that was, how was it done in Huntsville? (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's interesting um, because the father of Huntsville hockey is known as uh, Fred Hudson back in the, in the sixties. He actually started the actual, I think it was called the old ice palace in Huntsville where, where he would start actual youth programs and actually teaching the game around in, in town. Um, and a lot of those players like, and with, with the uh, uh, expansion of the city, the growth of the city, thanks to the, the, we had Redstone Arsenal and, and the German rocket scientists. We had a lot of implants from, from, from the North and around and they wanted, you know, they wanted to play hockey. So there was a market there to be to, for the sport to be taught. And, over time in the seventies, a lot of these players who were in the in the Huntsville Amateur Hockey Association would be, become the basis for these first uh, club teams when they went to college at UAH. And so the next thing you know, we have these these. Uh, so it, it was not necessarily all you know. We were re- recruited. It was it was actually homegrown to to start. Um, and now and and so yeah. It, we had a lot of help from from a lot of northerners, but it was a lot of homegrown talent as well. Well, okay. well yeah, immigrants yeah, know, from, from the north. Got it. Who, who, who yeah, okay. yeah well, it's all right. We get yeah. it. Um, yeah. So also, but you mentioned like how how being successful at the club level is a is the key to really becoming an NCAA program. That at the time, UAH was in the NAIA overall right and they were looking to be in the ncaa by 1986 so they needed needed some extra varsity sports at the time there were only uh, like basketball and uh, men's and women's basketball and soccer they didn't really have that much um so when they needed a needed a, a varsity 
sport. Well, <laughs> here's a club team right here that's drawing thousands in the downtown arena who's winning na na national club championships. There we go. It was already, the, the, the basis was already there. So, that, so in 1985, the program became varsity and, and started there. They started out in Division II when we joined in, in 1986, the NCAA in 1986. Um, and then at the time, there, weren't, there, uh, there wasn't a Division II championship. So we, had, uh, we were a Division I independent from 1987 to 1992. Uh, our success there was up and down. We had some good, good teams, but, but as an independent back then, uh, the only really way you could get into the Division One tournament was was to win the what was back then the independent tournament. There was a tournament for independence. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which uh, I, see that I didn't even know. We had uh, we had some you know when I was in mm -hmm. school at ASU, uh, Northern Arizona and some other schools on mm -hmm. the West Coast had some programs. They didn't have enough to have an automatic bid. I was not aware of the fact that there was a quote unquote independent tournament. Yeah, I think it lasted for at least uh, at least two or three years. I, I, um, I, it once had held in um, in Anchorage, I believe, and that's that was we <laughs> we went up to Anchorage just for that. It was like, um, and oh, uh, yeah. I believe that yeah, I think that's how Anchorage got into the tournament that back in that one time in the nineties. Um, so yeah, but but the Division Two tournament championship was reinstated by the NCAA in nineteen ninety two. So we went back to Division Two. Uh, right. The school, by the way, the whole school itself is still a Division Two program. It's been Division Two the whole whole time, or Division One play up in hockey. Right. So, so when we went back to Division Two, our schedule became uh, primarily two and three schedule, and we found our we found we found back that success again um, at, at that level to where we won national. We were in the tournament against Bemidji State. <laughs> our 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 arch rival um, back in uh, 94, 96, 97, and 98. And we won the, won it, uh, the tournament in uh, the championship in 96 and 98. So, so there, there's two national, so five total national championships, three club and two division two. Um, and in, in 98, uh, by then Bemidji, uh, or Min Min back then it was Mankato State, Minnesota State had gone division one. Bemidji State announced they were going division one. Um, and the the numbers for Division Two were dwindling again to where the NCAA ended the ended that championship. So we had only one recourse was really either either I don't know. Well, we couldn't go to three because you can't play down. There's no right. thing, nothing to play for in Division Two. So um, we're going to strike with irons hot again, and we're going to go back to Division One. And at that time, we were Division. We went started Division One in 1998. Uh, uh, and uh, joined the College Hockey America in 1999. With some schools, that was our first conference as right. a varsity program. And uh, yeah, spent uh, 11 years in uh, in the in the CHA before it finally disbanded. Made the NCAA tournament twice by winning the CHA tournament in 07 and 10. And in 10 was the one where we had Cam Talbot leading the way. Right. Uh, to get uh, both times, we were basically the 16th seed in division in the Division One tournament, but lost to the number one by one goal in 07. We lost to Notre Dame in double overtime, and <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah. I think I think everyone was starting to perk up there because back then um, we we think about division you know fours beating ones and relatively 
regular circumstance now. Back then, it was even in 2010 or in 2007, that wasn't a thing. But we wasn't really a thing. So yeah, really much of a thing. So we so everyone perked up when 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 we took uh, Notre Dame to double overtime. And uh, but uh, yeah, so then in 2010 we had to uh, CHA um, disbanded or folded because as uh, Bemidji was going to WCHA, Robert Morris and Niagara were going to Atlantic. So we were looking for a home. The problem is the CCHA at the time did not take us because right. of, yeah, reasons. Because of reasons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's they, good enough. Uh, they, yeah. They, and, uh, yeah, and so that led to the in, independence and led to our first elimination and our first time mm-hmm. trying to save the program, which we did in, in, in uh, 2013, got into the WCHA and uh, yeah. And, and, and reasons. So reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope yeah. that, I hope that wasn't too, 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 no, uh, that's okay. but, <laughs> but yeah, that's basically so, 41 years of Huntsville of UAH hockey in a, in, in a, as in a nutshell, it's never been one consistent era. It's been a, a number of eras. Well, the, the 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 one thing that I that I have noticed in, in comparing the 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 two different incidences, um, a, a lot of UAH supporters, or at least uh, I don't even know if that's the right word, but seems to be of the inclination that there's a lot of politics involved in. Uh, the team having to struggle all the time in terms of will they be here, will they not be here, based uh, on a team a little bit south and a little bit east that wears red and white. Uh, we're not going to mention any names. Um, but it, what is your feeling about that? Because, I, And we're talking, even though we focus on ASU hockey, Arizona State and Huntsville are going to be linked as long as the two programs are around because of their location. So, mm-hmm. so you know, what affects UAH definitely affects ASU as well. Now, granted, ASU is a much bigger uh, school in terms of, uh, in, you know, in, in, in you know, basically everything. Yeah, <laughs> everything. yeah I was trying yeah. not to say it that way, but. <laughs> no, but, no, it's you quite know, all right. Listen, somebody has to be bigger and somebody has to be smaller, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you, do you. Do you have you noticed that is is that something you think is at least partially valid, uh, or in the first? Yeah, I was gonna say in the first in the first uh, instance where we were the program was saved. The reason why we were cut the the, the instigator, the if you call it an instigator, was at the time was the, <laughs> that the UAH an interim president. We were, we were searching for a new president at the time, and the interim right. president was. The uh, University of Alabama system chancellor, chancellor uh, uh, Malcolm Portera. If, if you talk to anyone about UAH hockey in the past ten years, you know that name is like, you know, makes people cringe. To be, to be but, <laughs> but yeah, but because he because he was a system chancellor, there was there was this notion that the board of trustees was ha- headed out for UAH hockey, and maybe they did, or or in UAH in general, because. The board of trustees only had one Huntsville representative, and, and actually, it was Joe Rich who was the founder of the hockey program. Um, right. 
So, so at the time, uh, a lot of animosity. Because also at the time, there was all, uh, UAB football was also on the cutting block because they couldn't right. find their own place to play. Uh, and then the UAB got, you know, they got their program saved as well. And they've been doing pretty well in, in, in um, F, FBS since uh, rejoining. Right. Um, so there, so there's because of that tie to the to board of trustees. I think and the UAB, and I think they, that that Tuscaloosa has more tends to look down on Huntsville and Birmingham. That's that seems to be the the the, the thinking. I think there's a big difference. It, it, this time, it didn't. I don't particularly okay. see any notion of the board of trustees having a hand in this. It, okay. It's more of a straight out numbers thing. A number, a budget. It was a budget decision, primarily. I think mostly by the the new president, who who just wanted to know why we're spending all this m- money on a program that was not winning, um, right? And not and, and at the he just maybe needed to know what kind of support could this program had, and I think over the the week uh, where the program was raising money at an alarming rate and had all this support from alumni and boosters. Um, he's willing to give the chance. And, and, and the, the notion that I hear that I'm seeing is that there, there is no hard feelings with Dr. Dawson or the AD because, okay. Kate Smith because, because, because they, they made that decision, but they were definitely willing to give him a chance, in, you know, as, as a big of an ask it was, they were willing to give the chance, and now they it's like, well, what can we say? We, you, you showed what you can do. Let's let's do this. Let's let's come up with a way to get this program um, with some long term stability. Okay. So, Mike, so uh, oh, go ahead, Paul. So the 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 recruiting class gets announced. The. Uh, they announced that the program is going to be cut and now you get to Memorial day night and there's four days to save the program. Be honest. When you got into Monday night, did you think it was going to happen? Uh, honestly, no, just, yeah, I, I, that's fine. Yeah, I, honestly, no, I, I, I would love, love to say, yeah, of course. No problem. That <laughs> Monday night, but but that by Monday night, not all this the the it was still relatively small in scale in terms of how who knew about this or how how right. that the, the um, but I think it was about by Tuesday and went by Tuesday and Wednesday and it started exp- really blowing up, um, not just locally but nationally, uh, right and and, and I. Mean, I, I yeah, we and our alumni are everywhere, <laughs> more oh, everywhere sure. than we. Yeah, and so and 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 so they just kept spreading this network and 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 getting more people involved. Um, the 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 alumni are are going to be a major factor, and not. I mean, obviously, we're a major factor in saving the program, but they're going to be a major factor going forward. Okay, go ahead, Scott. Oh, Mike, I was just going to ask you, you did a great job explaining the program and, and everything, and that is really good background for us. But I want to ask you, as a former player, 
to put yourself in the shoes of, of the guys that were current members of this team, um, you're a kid still, right? I mean, you're going to college and getting your education. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't I we all. Put yourself in their shoes. <laughs> uh, but if you're still a kid, uh, 18 to 22 years old or whatever it may be, and you're going to school and a pandemic hits and you just watch your season come to a screeching halt and, and all these things are going on in the world around us, then all of a sudden you find out your program is on the chopping block or literally has been chopped. Um, what, what would you say would be going through the head of a player in that situation? Can you relate to that at all? Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, I mean, I mean, the closest thing I can come up with is, is, I mean, it, it was kind of like not long after I finished college is when I was at, at the, one of the reasons why I moved to Raleigh was for uh, a job um, for um, an old sports website here in Raleigh. And I was here for, you know, a, a year and a half. Um, and this was during the dot-com bust. And essentially <laughs> it, it, you know, all of a sudden we were bought out and a couple months later I'm laid off. That's about the closest yeah, I that it. I can come up with. And all, like, all of a sudden like, okay, uh, I've, moved on, you know, I've left home to come here and it's been fun, but, uh, what am I going to do now? So, um, fortunately I had some ties to, to some, to some former coworkers here where I here in Raleigh and I was able to get another job. So I think, I think the first thing they, they were, cons- I, I would say that a player would probably be concerned. is like, what am I going to do? Am I go- where am I going to play? Where yeah, you know, if before knowing that if there was going to be a rally to save the program, you know, the first thing I'm doing knowing is that the season starts is supposed to start in four and a half months. What <laughs> I'm, I, I, if I'm going to, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to stay? Am I going to go? And I think and and uh, um, you know, it. So I can't really put it into that 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 stress because for me, it was just like, okay, I just need to find, find another job as you know, as easy as that sounds, but right. <laughs> I'm also trying to figure out my, but if I'm them, I'm thinking my, also my hockey, my education, you know, what am I going to, you know, this is, this is going to be a literal life altering event. What am I going to do? So, so no, I, that, I can't imagine how stressful that would have been, would be for, for the players. And Mike, that's exactly what I was uh, was getting at was how stressful that must have been. And and we saw, you know, ASU as a recipient of of one of your players, and LIU, of maybe, course, uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. We'll say we'll say maybe at this point. But LIU was uh, the recipient of a couple of players and and some other teams. But mm-hmm. you know, Coach Powers yeah. always tells me about what it's, you know, the need for more. In his words, the need for more stalls. Right? NCAA mm-hmm. hockey needs more stalls. So. When all of a sudden you see this going on, you start to think of uh, almost a, a cycle of musical chairs, right? Where everybody's got spots, and then you're wondering, am I going to be the guy that, that doesn't have a spot? And if I'm a leading scorer of a program and all of a sudden it's gone, am I going to have a seat at the next uh, arena that I go to? And with that program, am I going to be the leading scorer there? Or am I just going to be a role player? Or am I going to be a scratch, right? I mean, all of those things yeah. are possible. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. I'm looking at the list of the, the the players who have at least announced that they're moving on now, and 
and and they're going to some pretty like uh, most of them are going to some high level or, or you know planning to go to high level division one programs so there in fact a couple like like uh uh well we knew josh latta who was our leading scorer last year he's going to umass lowell um he, he right. announced that actually before the program was cut um right whether he knew something i don't know but 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 I also look at Liam Isaac, who's going to to Boston College, and I look at that, and I'm saying, well, <laughs> if Boston College is calling, I'm not going to, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, 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 to blame him for that because even under good circumstances, that's that's a blue blood. So yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so so some I I I, I totally understand. I think it's just just the situation that that happened. I mean, I can understand. It's hard. It's it's hard to to to. As I said, it's not only hard to put them in the situation, put them in their head when they, when they hear that their program is being cut, but you can also understand when they they see they do see an out and they feel like this is going to be what's best for me. And I hope it is. I hope they I hope they, they 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 get the education they want and they find what they they are looking for. So. Now we're in a situation where the fundraising is successful and the program is saved for the 2021 season. And now the coach leaves. And as I told Scott in one of our conversations, uh, it's probably a little bit easier to get a coach than it is players because anybody will take that head coaching job, uh, because there just aren't that many of them. So where does the program stand now and what's being talked about uh, in the UAH circles to get this program stabilized? Uh, for one, for one, our acting head coach is Lance West and he was going, he's going to get a shot to, to, to become the permanent head coach. Uh, I would okay. certainly hope so. In fact, I even s- s- tweeted like when, when all this happened back seven years ago, um, we wrote like a combined editorial at the time uh, when they were looking for a new head coach to lead us into the WCH era, this new, we were, we were advocating for Lance West to be that coach. He's, he's a former charger. He was an assistant for uh, nine years under under Doug Ross, our, our coach, head coach, was there for 25 years. Um, uh-huh. He was on, yeah, he was on on the on the team that made it to the Division II championship in '94. He's been an assist. He was an assistant at Alaska for 10 years. Um, he was a, an interim coach at at Alaska for one for one, and and um, I'm still honestly surprised that that Alaska Fairbanks didn't didn't keep him. But okay. you know, but but he but it, but when he did not get the head coaching job at Alaska, he came down and became an assistant again. So there's a lot of, lot of support for for Lance West because because we know he can he can recruit and uh, and he and we feel like he deserves a shot. As for the long term goals, the biggest difference from then and now is probably going to be this advisory board. This advisory board is going to be critical. That's one of the things that was, um, I don't know if negotiated is the right word, but, but, but when we were talking, when, 
when the boosters were talking with the president and the AD about how can we get this moving forward, if we can save this program, let's find a way to make it long term. If we make up of this advisory board that has alumni and boosters and, and people that know can help them manage this program. I think one of the things that I, people are, are, are beginning to understand is that I think if the, the problem is that running a Division I hockey program for a school of UAH's size is very difficult. Right. And they simply haven't had the resources and the people with the know-how to, to get this thing running correctly in terms of, like, not just, not just players, and, but marketing, sponsorships, getting people to the games, getting right. more student involvement. So that's what this advisory board, I, I've likened it to our, our, the UAH hockey getting its own board of trustees. Um, okay. Where, and so far this group is, and this group's whole point is to try to drive season ticket sales, um, get more student involvement, get more community involvement, marketing, get corporate sponsorships, get more donations, get to pretty much drive everything, try to get that, drive that, 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 that cash flow in. Um, and get the right people so we can to so we can build build a winner, um, not just get, and have it not just be there. So so I'm pretty excited about this. This board so far um, has some pretty interesting people. So so far it's it's gonna ha- it looks like it's gonna have about ten people, and five of them are, are pretty much already known. One are the two bo- boosters that led the, the charge to save the program, the alums, Sheldon Maliski and Tasso Safakis. Joe Rich, who I mentioned earlier, he's, he's, he's the founder of the program itself. He's going to be on it. But two, also, uh, and Cam Talbot, Flames goaltender, and, also, sure? a couple, and co- also a couple of uh, other NHL execs, Brent, Brent Flair, the assistant general manager of the Flyers, and Sean Henry, the president of the Nashville Predators. So, so there's some, there's some brain and some power. And, and, yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's some, some weight. There's some, yeah. And, and they've only just started. So, so it's, it's exciting to see where this, this board to how this board develops and the knowledge and the experience and, and, and the know-how uh, that they can provide could really boost this program. If, if, if I, I've been saying if, if this works, then this is going to, this could be amazing. So, so there's a shot. There's a shot for some real long-term um, um, stability. It may not show immediately, you know, on the ledger. Um, well, uh, the players are going to try their darn, you know, their darndest to to make it all worth it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a process. It's going to take time. But if this works, it's, it's it could be something special. Well, I, I I think that's something going in that everybody's going to have to understand. Uh, that uh, the, the, the thing that you can't look at right away is the, the standings because mm-hmm. um, this is a lot to overcome. And, you know, for, considering that players didn't know what the heck was going on, um, that, you know, it, the first thing you got to do is actually put the team back on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, 
There, there's going to be a little bit of time with that because, because from my count, we've lost six players to transfer uh, with five graduates. Um, mm-hmm. So we lost, we lost, a, we've lost eleven so far. Um, right. And and four of those six in the incoming class have announced intentions to go elsewhere. Three of them to Long Island. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't yeah, seen that. That's Paul's okay. fault. <laughs> it's all yeah. my fault. Yep, it's all my fault. So, um, okay. Um, so we do have, yeah, we do have one one coming in. He was a, a trans uh, that did announce an intention to come here. He was going to go to Division Three Norwich. So um, there's going to be a little bit of time we're going to have to look at Division Three players looking at other Division One. I, I also don't know if what um, Division One grad transfers were were potentially coming in. Because uh, uh, you know, that's something that a lot of schools have just have, have become a part of as right. uh, grad grad transfers. In fact, we had a couple in one year that they were instrumental. But yeah, so there's still a lot of question marks. That's one of the reasons why I've been hesitant to try to contact uh, Coach West early on is because I right now he's I'm assuming right now he's busy as all get out trying sure. to get players. And right now it hasn't. Uh, he still has to get an assistant because um, <laughs> Corbett and you know, Coach Corbett and his a, a, a top assistants are gone. So right now, um, I'm assume he's pretty busy trying to do that. You know, make sure that the schedule's aligned and, and all that. So, so I'll get in touch with him eventually. But I, I presume right now that he is as busy as he's as he's ever been. Right, and mm-hmm. and, and and Scott, you know, we spoke to Coach Powers last week and you know he obviously is 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 always looking to support uh huntsville and uh you know he told us he's also looking to support liu because especially when you come in and you know and and they don't have a schedule so um (laughs) you know so there's um you know there's a lot of places to, to go and, and, a, and a lot of work to do for a lot of these coaches. And, you know, and it may not seem like it, but, but I, I do think that, that, that because of the locations of their schools, uh, ASU and Huntsville will be linked for a long time. Uh, and, you know, and because, the, the the travel is always going to be an issue. It's just like the Alaska schools struggling all the time, and uh, you know, we'll, maybe we'll get you back on here, Mike, one day to talk about the, that, that issue. <laughs> that, that's a whole other um, topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's a whole other topic. Uh, stab in the back. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, you would think that. Uh, I mean, I, Scott, didn't you say you've been to Huntsville? Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So we only got about three minutes left, Mike, and I want to get a couple of things. And Paul kind of touched on it was the fact that the WCHA now breaking up again once you guys get into a conference and then this thing starts happening. And, you know, now there's talk about what's going to happen with the ASU, where, what conference are they going to head to? And 
So you got conference issues, you got arena issues. Lord, we know about arena issues because <laughs> yeah. we've been spending the past five years waiting for that arena here, and, and it certainly isn't a money issue. The money's there. It's just a matter of going through and crossing all the I's or T's and dotting all the I's to get everything done. But, um, you know, I've been to Huntsville. I spent a year as a golf pro uh, outside of Birmingham, and I, I used to get a hockey fix from Huntsville. So, um, I know what it's like, and I know the support um, that's uh, that's there. Obviously, the you know I tried to tweet out as many times as I could because, to be honest with you, Mike, when we started uh, Ice Time Hockey Southwest here, the goal was to build the game of hockey in the desert Southwest, and we focused on college and professional. And we've been lucky, to be honest. The last five years, we've seen yeah. Vegas explode. We've seen yeah. Grand Canyon start to come on board. We've seen teams elevate there. I talk to the club coaches all the time, and I go, like, you guys are in an arms race to keep elevating yourselves, right? So we know what it's like. Uh, give us a quick synopsis, if you can, in a couple of minutes of, uh, of where the future lies on the ice for the program in regards to conference, scheduling. Paul talked about the travel, stuff like that, if you can. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, that's part of one of the, the goals of the advisory board is to secure that conference affiliation. Um, the primary target is still the new CCHA. Uh, Atlantic hockey is still in play, but, uh, but obviously because uh, for travel considerations, those, those closer schools in the, CC, in the new CCHA, our former WCHA uh, foes, they're, they're the top, top uh, pick. Um, so we'll see how that goes. As I understood that from, from my discussions was that the CCHA wasn't really going to talk until they hire a commissioner, which wouldn't be in place until on July 1st. So, um, we'll see soon, uh, they'll, they'll get talks about that. Um, as for scheduling, uh, we'll see. I, I mean, right now we're back into, for this season, the WCHA schedule should be intact. They were right. unanimously brought us back in. Uh, I don't know about the non-conference schedule being confirmed. We're supposed to host UMass Lowell in Omaha this, this year. Uh, we were supposed to start a home and home with BU. Uh, but really? uh, that apparent, yeah, start, yeah, that, uh, starting at Boston this year, but that pulled out. And last I heard, and I don't know if you've heard anything, but I've heard, uh, I've heard that, that UAH would be going to Arizona State this year, assuming the, you know, the, all of what happened you uh, know, hasn't. Yeah, uh, they haven't announced their whole schedule, and uh, so we don't know either. So you, when you find out, let us know. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we don't well, know, so. Mike, Mike, that wouldn't be uh, totally out of the question because uh, Holy Cross was scheduled to come here and due to the COVID stuff, uh, took their plans out. So that would open up a date. I know LIU is planning on, uh, um, and this is hearsay, but I, but I hear LIU is planning on a trip out here to maybe play some top ACHA schools and then try to get a matchup with ASU. So yeah. a lot of things are still in flux. Um you know, and I'll, I'll close it off with this. I know Paul and I are both very supportive of the program. We love watching college hockey. We love covering it. Uh, we want to thank you for coming on and, and telling the story of UA, UAH hockey. Uh, you know, like I said, we were all behind it. Uh, I think I've got a Chargers T-shirt coming still. So Sweet. <laughs> it, was a, it was a big deal uh, for us as well. We appreciate your time. We know uh, we could probably go on for another two or three hours talking about this. <laughs> I, I promise uh, – we're going to get you on again because we got a lot to talk about as the, uh, the season gets closer. And 
be safe out there in North Carolina. Hopefully this COVID stuff settles down. And and uh, what can I say, man? I just appreciate you talking hockey with us tonight. Hey, no problem. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, thanks very much, Mike. We appreciate it. All right. All right. All right, folks. That's uh, Charger Hockey at University of Alabama, Huntsville. Charger Hockey. That's UAHHockey.com. Mike Napier, we thank him for joining us. Paul and I are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to wrap up another episode of College Hockey Southwest Weekly and give out a trivia question so we can get somebody uh, a registered winner from our friends over at Summer Skates. We'll be right back. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, if you just want a straight shot of the best-tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether celebrating an overtime game winner or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. We find your prime with M-Drive. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill, pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hi everybody, this is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. 
Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. All right. And we're back. Scott Strandy live here in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Paul Hornstein, out on beautiful Long Island. He's probably taking a long walk around the palatial estate, folks, uh, after uh, yeah. a great interview that we had with Mike Napier from UAHHockey.com. What great insight. Paul, just a quick recap from our visit with Mike and, and your thoughts. Well, listen, I, I, there's no question that they have a long road to go. Uh, like you said, Coach Power says we need more stalls, not less. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a program that since I started getting or started following college hockey um, before the ASU program came into existence, uh, they were the, they were the ultimate underdog, and you root for them because it'll it'll grow the game uh, if they have more success. Um, right now, they have on a side note. If uh, there's if somebody there still listening, you guys have the second best set of sweaters in college hockey. Use that. Um, second best, I said. Don't let's not get crazy. We know where the number one is. Um, and you know, they definitely have, as we found out, some big, big uh, power brokers behind them, especially uh, for a small school. So. Let's hope it works out, and you know, if, let's let's get a few more teams to make the jump and 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 go from there. Because uh, I, I know I'll be rooting for them, except when they play ASU, of course. So yeah, I, I hear um, you. Let me uh, let me quick wrap things up so you can do your thing. Um, I want to do two things. I want to first say uh, a big shout out to Behind the Mask. I was out there for their uh, goalie day, and, and great to see people back out buying equipment and. Uh, you know, they're located in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, a mother and her son drove from Bakersfield, California, eight hours to get their goalie gear. So uh, it, it's a big thing to get hockey back rolling. So thanks to Randy and the guys over there for having us out. Uh, that's up on YouTube. Uh, I also want to remind you that the trivia is going to continue on all three of our shows, all for uh, the rest of this month and through the month of July. So if you're not subscribing or following us or downloading, get on it. Your chance to win some stuff from our great friends over at Summer Skates. And, Paul, it is now time for that hashtag pucks on the pod trivia question for tonight. Throw it out there. All right. Uh, ASU, as we know, jumped up from the club level. Uh, they had uh, four players on the roster that were from the club team. Uh, the last year there were any players from the club team on it, uh, give us two of the four. Oh, he's uh, he's not even making you do four. all the work, folks. Just two of the no. four will work. Uh, send them to us on Twitter at IcetimeSW. Use the hashtag PucksOnThePod for your chance to win uh, a koozie, a T-shirt, some great stuff from Summer Skates. Uh, we want to thank them for being a partner with us and joining along with us. Okay, Paul, here's the fastest two minutes on the podcast. Give it a run. All right, College Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Sprint, a brighter future for all. See our friend Andre up in Paradise Valley at the Cactus, 
Cactus and Tatum store and let them find you the right deal. Roger Klein's Canción Tequila for the best margaritas and more. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com. Buy Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Dine in or call ahead for pickup. It's nice to say that. Uh, call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to jesseraysbarbecue.com. Buy in the high in the mask. Getting ready to get back on the ice? Order online at behindthemask.com or come in and check out our refurbished stores. Buy summer skates, shower shoes, koozies, and more. Show your game in comfort and style. Visit us at summerskates.com. Win your summer skates prize pack with the hashtag pucks on the pod. The College Bar and Grill. Stop by for lunch at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe or call them at 1-480-588-6451 to pick up a dinner on your way home. By Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all of your ASU hockey merchandise and now open for limited group skating. By OxyPow. Introducing the new line of all-natural hand sanitizers. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. Buy M-Drive. Go to mdriveformen.com and use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. And buy the Ice Den Scottsdale and Chandler. Small group skating sessions now available. Call them for information. College Hockey Southwest Weekly. And all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at iTunes, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Woo! He knocked it out of the park again, folks. Uh, giving you a good baseball reference. Paul, uh, so much more to talk about. I wish we had another hour. Uh, we will have another hour next week. Next week. So, so folks, jump on the Twitter. Get to uh, at IceTimeSW. Uh, follow us. Send in your uh, your guesses to the, uh, the the trivia question, which Paul will repeat one more time using the uh, hashtag PucksOnThePod. Go ahead, Paul, one last time before Roger right. Klein and the Peacemakers take us out. The last year ASU had club players on its roster. There were four of them. Name two. All right, that's it, folks, from uh, Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale. My co-host, Paul Hornstein, from his palatial estate. Uh, Paul, don't get too tired walking around that estate all week long. We will see you next week on College Hockey Southwest. See you next week. Thank you to Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, for a little dinero as we say goodnight. <laughs>